This is ContactTalkRadio.com. Consciousness in action. And you are taking action into your consciousness by tuning into Contact Talk Radio. And on TuneIn.com, Hing.fm, and Upsnap Mobile. Contact Talk Radio. Hey, this is Al Cole from CBS Radio thanking you once again for taking time out of your hectic schedules to tune in to another fantastic weekly episode of Living Fearlessly with Lisa McDonald. Another shout-out of wholehearted gratitude to Living Fearlessly with Lisa McDonald's corporate sponsors, Helton Honda, Forever, and Aha That. Your reviews, clicks, shares, downloads, feedback, and testimonials are always appreciated. Lisa's purpose and mission is to uplift you to fearless and to live more. To appear as a prospective guest on Living Fearlessly with Lisa McDonald or to connect with Lisa regarding her suite of products and services, you can reach Lisa at livingfearlesslywithlisa.com. So for now, hey, our fearless friends, here's Lisa Living Fearlessly with Lisa McDonald. Good morning, everybody. Thank you so very much for joining me, rejoining me again on this lovely Friday morning. My name is Lisa McDonald, host of Living Fearlessly with the Contact Talk Radio Network. Listenership spans to 145 countries, 220 TV radio terrestrial satellites, and the potential for millions of iTunes downloads. Super grateful for my guest of today. It took me two years and a trip to NYC to pitch Damon John in person at the C-Suite Network Thought Summit this past December to land this gem of a leader on Living Fearlessly with Lisa. Lisa McDonald. If there is one profound belief Damon John and I share in common, it is that one must never quit nor give up on what they believe in. From humble beginnings to a self-made multimillionaire with over six billion to date in global product sales and a starring role on ABC's newest business reality TV show, Shark Tank, Damon John is the personification of the American dream. He continues to set standards of excellence while expanding his interests in fashion, branding, marketing, consulting entertainment and beyond this industry leader best-selling author and groundbreaking entrepreneurial expert has evolved into a highly sought-after business and motivational speaker as a dynamic business speaker with over 20 years of hands-on proven business experience Damon shares the strategies that continue to bring him financial success as founder and CEO Damon steered FUBU from a mere concept to a global fashion powerhouse with annual retail sales exceeding 350 million at its peak. Utilizing many of the same tactics commonly used today, Damon John pioneered the art of integrating fashion, culture, and music nearly 20 years ago. From his then unprecedented guerrilla marketing and branding techniques to the continuously innovative ways in which he uses social media, brand integration, and his expertise on pop culture, Damon remains a cutting-edge business strategist. Thank you once again to everybody for being now over half a million living fearlessly with Lisa McDonald podcast subscribers. Damon, I want to say thank you very much for making this possible. It's taken me a long time to get you on my show. I know how off the hook you are, so I really appreciate uh, you joining us here today, the gift of your time with myself, the loyal listeners, and the podcast subscribers. How are you, my friend? I am well. Listen, after that intro, I'm great. Uh, you know, <laughs> I didn't know you were talking about me, but I really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you for having me. 
Oh, well, this is fantastic. You truly are one of my intangible mentors, and it was such an honor to, as I had said in the intro, uh, having met you in person. You know, I, I sponge up everything you do. I've sponged up everything that you say, and I just want to say that you're iconic in this industry. And in in addition to that and outside of that, what I love about you, which I unfortunately can't say about everybody who's off operating at the echelon in which you are in terms of leadership, you really are the real deal. I think you're a very classy individual, and I think you've remained really true and humble to who you are as a human being. So thank you for that. Uh, well, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Well, the one thing I want to delve into is when we met in New York, you had talked about 2018 being very strategically something you wanted to go ahead in terms of talking about because of your own personal scare diagnosis and things that you've had to overcome in adversity. It was very important for you to really uh, pinpoint the importance to people about pre-screening and to be on top of and be vigilant with their health. So if we could maybe talk a little bit about that. First of all, how are you today health-wise? Everything still good? Sure, yeah. Everything is uh, great. You know, I had, a, I had a, a scare and a little challenge due to having thyroid cancer and mm-hmm. um, that I did not know I had. And um, um, I'm cancer-free and, you know, but still obviously monitoring you know, a lot of different things, uh, you know, within me because, you know, that it can pop up uh, at any given time and, and just being very vigilant about my, about my health. And, and as you said, early screening and pre, you know, um, early detection and things of that nature. Fantastic. So is this something that's pretty much on the speaking circuit? Anytime you're interviewed or being interviewed, this is kind of a key subject matter in which you're impressing upon people because you yourself personally know the importance of doing so. Absolutely. You know, um, I made a, you know, I made a conscious effort to bring it to the light and talk about it publicly. uh, And I knew that uh, it was going to, first of all, um, it's a very sensitive topic uh, to to other people because so many people have been affected by cancer and their loved ones. Um, And I know sometimes it's something, a wound that you don't want to open up. But I also know on the flip side that you know, uh, we don't know, we don't know. And as human beings, we're just growing and learning every single day. And that, you know, we see a lot of times people who are already suffering and from it and they, they, they pass away and public figures and you, you just kind of, you know, wonder, you know, how did they, how did their number come up? Or, you know, there are people who don't smoke or don't do stuff like that. And you, and you, you kind of try to just close your eyes and say, I just hope, you know, that imaginary number of mine doesn't come up when, when if you're educated properly and you realize there are ways to, uh, you know, look at the history of your family health or go out and get colonoscopies, endoscopies, and, uh, you know, uh, all the type of things that can help bring this awareness to you that you can get on top of this with early detection and hopefully have a much better, not even hopefully, you definitely will have a much better chance of getting in front of some things and being a survivor or being somebody who's been able to reduce the the effect of these type of things, you know, on you, whether it's hypertension, cancer, anything else like that, you know, heart mm-hmm. disease, things of that nature. Absolutely. Well, and I can personally relate to this, both my mom and my mom's sister, my aunt had passed away due to breast cancer. Uh, so, I'm you sorry. know, 
Yeah, well, you know, vigilance is really important. And my mom, uh, very fortunately, focused on being as proactive as what she could. And uh, so that's carried over into my practices and my mindset as well. So thank you for being an ambassador on that specific topic, because we know how many people are impacted by that, uh, unfortunately, exponentially growing every day. So the other thing I want to jump into, there's so many different subject matters. I know we're working with limited time, but I do believe in, uh, you know, quality versus quantity. So we're going to dive right in. Now, along the lines of of health here, Damon, you know, in terms of, I mean, you've not slowed down and we're going to get into some of the meat and potatoes of what you've already, uh, other things that you're doing and spearheading and and initiatives and endeavors that you've taken on. But for somebody who can do the before and after contrast prior to diagnosis and now post-diagnosis, you don't appear to have slowed down. But do you think that because of the health scare that you had, has it changed your mindset in terms of how you do things strategically differently, bearing in mind maybe some of the uh, combined factors that do play a part in mind, body, spirit, and overall health? Sure. Um, I, I have changed. Uh, you know, I, I, I have always been someone who's tried to practice what I thought was a healthy lifestyle. And um, but again, learning and more and more and more, I try to alkaline my body way more now. Um, I also, you know, try to try to put adrenaline in my body. I've been working out early in the day, other than I used to do it late at night. And and I've I've given up um, all all forms of red meat and and chicken and and things of that nature. I, I'm I'm pescatarian at the moment. Um, due to knowing that, you know, I was the type of person who figured, you know, let's, yes, I'm healthy. And then if I go and something's wrong with me, well, you know, then I can get medicine to help fix that when that's really not, uh, the best thing to do is the best thing to do is to do something before you ever need the medicine, which, Mm -hmm. you know, would be the thing such as, um, knowing the diabetes and so many other diseases come from the the meats we eat and the foods we eat. And, um, you know, every day I'm, I'm trying to figure out what is a better way to, uh, put nutrition into my body so that I don't have uh, more things that cancer and or other things can feed off such as sugar and acids in my body. Excellent. So you've changed some of the external things, things that you ingest into your body, your diet, things of that nature. But do you believe that you're still as maniacal in terms of your adrenaline, your tenacity, your fortitude, your gumption, your grit, your daily grind? Is this something that you still feel needs to be embodied in the mindset and in the attitude and the daily execution of of being a top tier producer and somebody who's able to execute the way in which you do? Yes, but the, the 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 grind becomes a different form of a grind. As I wrote the book Rise and Grind, the, the yes. grind almost has nothing to do with work, right? It has something to do with um, being as on top of your health as you can and not doing the two hours sleep because you know your body needs to repair. So making sure that you get the eight hours of sleep. Um, more more, I, I'm more effective because of the the way that I put my health and uh, the concern for my uh, resting of my body and and the and the and the, and the food nutrition that goes in my body and the exercise my grind is better now um i feel i feel healthier and i feel way more focused i have this clarity um and uh it's it's just so much better so yes i am still maniacal in regards to my work ethic but my work ethic uh my my health moved from number five on my work ethic list to number one fantastic 
Fantastic. And so for the loyal listeners who are tuning in, because we have a lot of entrepreneurs listening, we have a lot of, uh, you know, self-employed people, people who are doing startups, people who feel that they do have to, in order to get to the level of being so-called successful, they do have to commit the 14, 18 hours a day. And in some cases, when you're starting out, you are the person wearing five or six hats. You don't have the money or the, the, the cash load in which to hire people to do the things so that you can just focus on strictly content and, and getting things out, banging things out. So for the people who are listening, what would you impress upon them in terms of no matter what stage they are in the game, what they still need to be mindful of and going forward in terms of longevity? You know, a couple of things. Uh, of course, we've already touched on the fact that you need you need you need help in your life, but you mm-hmm. also need a clear vision on what you want to be. You know, and a lot of people, you know, you know, can they take the time to write their obituary? You know, what is, what what will your obituary say about you today? And are you doing the things that you want to your obituary to eventually say about you? Mm-hmm. Um, also, it's how do you start off the day? You know, are you being selfish with yourself and taking time to get clarity on what you want to accomplish for the day and the month and the year and your personal goals? You know, when we wake up in the morning. You know, we have 40 emails and a bunch of uh, text messages and uh, voicemails, and then we go and talk to the kids or the wife or the husband. Then we get on the train to bust the plane, and then we turn on the radio, and the world blew up again, and then we get to the office. You know, when when do we get time to sit with ourselves? And, right. and, and you know, whether you want to call it meditate, whether you want to call it setting goals, whether you want to call it, um, you know, uh, praying to and, and, and having faith, but when do you take that half an hour or hour a day? If you take it during the end of the day, you generally are thinking about all the things that happened during the day and how can you solve these issues. So I say that, you know, you got to plan for success, whether it's a daily success or or life success. And I think that every single day, what I do is wake up and I, say, I have these goals that I read every single day and every single night before I go to bed. Um, I, say, I say that's the most important part because then other than that, you're doing the old saying of just working hard instead of working smart. Absolutely. Fantastic. Well, I'd be remiss if I didn't congratulate you. Everybody in the world knows about this, but I'm going to say it here publicly on the airwaves. I want to congratulate you on being the latest star to join Michelle Obama's college initiative. That's fantastic. Yes, yes, yes. I, I joined her, uh, I think, two years ago uh, on this initiative and to get more kids to enroll in college, yes. uh, you know, directly out of high school. I was one of those kids who said I was going to take one year off from college, and that became the rest of my life. Um <laughs> And um, I don't want to see that happen to other kids because, thank God, I made it to a certain point where some people in the world may say I'm successful. But, you know, if I would have went to college and I would have had a a, a better understanding of financial intelligence and how things work, I think I would have been um, leaps and bounds of where I am today. Absolutely. Well, this is just for people to be aware of. This is happening at Temple University on May 2nd. And this isn't just the first time that you've paired up with them. This is, in fact, the second time and the first time having been with the Brothers Keeper initiative, correct? Yeah, well, I've been with I've been with uh, um, the Obamas uh, and, and 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 Vice President Biden on various mm-hmm. different things. Uh, the It's on Us campaign, where we we're trying to we're trying to reduce and bring awareness to um, 
sexual misconduct on college campuses, of course, this one with Michelle Obama, and then the other one, My Brother's Keeper, where we try to get, uh, you know, minorities up to uh, third grade reading level by, you know, by the third grade, and they have, uh, it, it increases their um, chances to go to higher education. So changing this cribs to corrections to cribs to college uh, um, model. Mm-hmm. And so what would you say, because I always play devil's advocate, uh, Damon, so what would you say to the people, particularly entrepreneurs, uh, people who have been very successful, who did not go uh, to former education or they did not complete former education, because also a lot of people would cite, and it's been said here on my show uh, by many successful people, that it didn't necessarily constitute the real values of what what one needs in terms of functioning in this world, and not just functioning, but thriving and flourishing, uh, that the school system and the ideology surrounding academics is not necessarily one that's realistic for today's day and age. What would you say to that? I would say I, I agree, and I, I would say whether you go to college or you don't go to college, if you don't have drive and you don't have the ability to pitch yourself and realize that you're a brand, that you're not going to make it. You can have a you can have a degree from Harvard and you still end up scooping ice cream, um, you know, <laughs> if you really don't apply yourself. Um, but I think the fundamentals. I think that there are things you can learn from college, and you don't have to go, you know, for four years. But you know, finishing tasks uh, within a timely manner, um, cr- uh, doing tasks within a unit. Uh, I think that we all need, whether you're going to work as an entrepreneur or entrepreneur, we, we all need to know have financial intelligence. So I think some of these things are of value. And if you want to look at having access, well, a 70 or 75% of my staff, uh, and we're talking senior level all the way down, started as interns. You couldn't become an intern in my company unless you were getting college credit. It's against the law. So wow. it gives you uh, the way to step inside the door of other places. So I think college is useful for a lot of people. And by the way, if you want to be a doctor, a heart surgeon, please go to school. I don't, <laughs> I, you know, I, you know there, there are some careers that you need to go to school for, you know? Yeah, don't put me on that waiting list, please. <laughs> so, in terms of uh, you know Damon on Demand platform, what were the reasons behind that? If you can just explain to myself that again, the listening loyal audience here and the podcast subscribers eventually, what is Damon on Demand platform? What were the reasons that uh, that inspired you to get this up and running? Yeah, so my Damon on Demand is a digital curriculum, and it's eight hours of everything and access to the people that I use for taxes and um, and so many and taxes and fundraising and deployment of capital and branding. And it's a digital course that I created because you know I have four books, and a lot of people have read my books and gotten the information they need. I do free Facebook Live broadcasts. You see me on Shark Tank, yep. but there are a lot of people who say I need step by step. You know, I want to know the difference between, uh, you know, what is what is my business need, a patent or a trademark? You know, where do I go for funding? How, you know, what's the best uh, financial advice I can get? And I, I created an interactive course because I realized that people do want to study and go to school, but they may not have time because they may be operating a current business right now, or they may need to know where the landmines are uh, as they're starting a business. And I decided to lay it all down because I didn't have anybody – 
to give me this information when I was coming up. And I lost millions and millions of dollars having to learn things the hard way. So I decided to create this digital curriculum for people who want a further education uh, in the Damon John world. And because of technology is so great today, you know, listen, if there's eight hours of it and one hour is on social media conversion and today we're on Snapchat and tomorrow there's something else, we just upload the, the, the new education or the new hour up there. And it's just like an app, it uploads itself and you get to, you get to stay relevant. Beautiful. And so have you received any incoming testimonials to say that as a result of tuning into your stuff, what it's done to transform their business or their mindset? Anything along those lines? Absolutely. And if you go to DamonOnDemand.com, you would you see plenty of those testimonies of people who are currently operating businesses or people who started up businesses and they wanted to uh, they want to share, you know, how much they've learned from it. Fantastic. Okay, so I want to just jump ahead here because, again, I'm cognizant of time and your time specifically. So when you're on Shark Tank, when somebody's pitching you, Damon, and, you know, you've got somebody who has a very viable product, somebody who you know there's really good potential for whatever it is that they're selling and they're looking for endorsement buy-in and partnership with you, you know it's going to fly but they don't necessarily have the charisma. They don't necessarily have the social media footprint. They don't have a lot of the other essential core ingredients that you know you would call uh, a package deal. You contrast that with somebody else who perhaps is standing beside them and they've got you know, potentially a product that could fly but they completely command the room. They've got that aura, they've got that presence and you see star material. From a gut instinct, and maybe you know you can tell us, do you make these decisions based on who you're going to go with, based on intuitiveness related to the person, or more so the product? The person, always the person, because Good. you know um, everybody's everybody's on their 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 uh, you know their best behavior, and um, you know they can tell you all the bells and whistles on how things are going well. But what we do know in business is there's going to be bumps, there's going to be curves, and I don't know if you're going to be able to adapt to the curves that are coming. Um, but the people that have the charisma and the know-how, and you feel like we can work it out together, and we're going to learn together worst scenario, or we're going to start another business. I'm investing in that person because we're going to start another business. You know, you look at you may look at all the people who said, mm-hmm. you know what, I got 20 million people on Vine. You know, uh, now Vine is gone. Mm-hmm. So if you didn't capture those emails on the people you starting off from zero, you may have been a great Vine star, but you weren't savvy enough to understand that you need to insulate yourself and grab these emails from these people to convert the sales. So um, you may be a rock star now, but I want to know that you are, you know, you're, you're, you're like a chameleon, you're a Swiss army knife, and you're going to be able to adapt in any environment. Love that. Absolutely love that. So in the world that you're in with the people that you're immersed in, the people that you're aligned with, obviously there's a lot of people who would meet the criteria for uh, seemingly being successful. That doesn't necessarily mean that they're great people. So what I would be interested to know from you, Damon, is what does it take for you to truly respect and admire someone? Um, you know, we have to be in line morally on our values, and I think that the people that I like are the people who 
you know, whether they have a million dollars or two dollars, they never feel that they are a better person than uh, somebody else. I think they value every person and they they may see a father or a mother of two that are just struggling to work and and, uh, you know, and feed their family. But yet they're 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 satisfied with life and they're raising two beautiful kids. That person is just as successful as somebody with a billion dollars because Correct. success means what that person is doing. Right. So I, I want people who value other people. Um, I don't want people who are going to compromise compromise their morals over a dollar. So when things are going great, everybody's great. But I want to know how you are, how, how are you when the, the sink is shipping? I'm, mm-hmm. the, sh- the ship is sinking, right? I want to yeah. know that, you know, you're, you're going to pitch in and you're going to be there, right? Um, so, and then I like people who, you know, they act, they learn, and then they repeat. They make mistakes. They make them fast. They fail as fast as they can, and then they learn from it, and it makes them better as we continue to grow, and that is innovation. So I, I like those type of people, and I have to just like the person. Reality is, you know, whether you are a, a, a young man or a woman applying for a job or you're somebody looking to get an investment, the reality is we're all human beings, and you get more out of people if you like them. Because if I'm going to sit next to you for eight hours a day, five days a week for the next 10 years, I better like you. Uh, you know, and, and, and I want to be around like-minded people that I like. So those are all the qualities of uh, the person that I want to invest in or I want to you know, hire. Fantastic. Now, I think it's very important also to impress upon the listeners here because there's a lot of people who are taking notes and they're soaking in and sponging up everything that you have to say. Um, so in terms of a lot of people, the people who I showcase here on Living Fearlessly with Lisa McDonald, you know, I am not always interested in the success story. We can Wikipedia you, we can Google you, you know, every accomplishment stands out, you know, you're a forerunner in terms of uh, initiative, things that are upcoming, things that are made public that go viral. I want to know, and for the benefit of the listeners, Damon, it's important for people to know the backstory. I know your backstory and a lot of people here, yes, would be familiar with your backstory, but people think that you and a lot of other people who I've uh, showcased here on radio who are now iconic, people who are forerunners, people who are leading the pack, that, you know, you were born with some type of ingredient, you know, you've got a certain element of DNA that somehow someone missed in the birth chain. Can you correct this for people and kind of debunk this and let it be known? Because you came from really, really humble beginnings with your dad having left at 10, your mom being thrown and catapulted into having to work multiple jobs in order to make ends meet. Can you talk about some of what was going on for you at the very inception of your journey and what you've learned a Along the way that's made where you're at today, which could make it possible for anybody if they adopt the right mindset and skill set to be in that arena. Can we talk a little bit about the backstory and, and the grind and the never quit and the fortitude? Yeah, I mean, um, I don't know if we have enough time to cover all my failures, um, you know, but, you know, uh, it's just reality. You know, I um, I grew up an only child and my father left when I was 10 and um, I did not know that I was dyslexic, but many of the teachers would not advance me in certain type of uh, uh, groups in school. I wasn't allowed into the Boy Scouts uh, and I got left back in school um, as I was growing up in Hollis, Queens, where it was lower middle class. Uh, many of my friends like in many neighborhoods and the people who are listening to us now around 85, 86, when crack started to devastate the neighborhood, um, I probably lost uh, through whether it is through death or through uh, incarceration, probably 30 of my neighborhood friends. So uh, 
um, you know, they set a goal on us as as young African American males that we'd be dead or in jail by 21. And and the you know my friends started to listen to those goals that they thought were going to happen. So they would do things to make sure those goals happen. And many of them were gone by that age. I am. Um, I started, uh, you know, two or three, you know, businesses because, uh, you know, I thought the idea was to be rich and I started the businesses uh, with little to no money, but my idea was to make money. And that's exactly what you don't make when you just start a business to make money. I didn't have any passion off of it, over it. I did the, I'll t- uh, you know, out of high school, I, I couldn't really afford college. And I also thought I was so smart that I'll take off that one year of college never went to college before you know it. You know, I thought I was so smart, but all the kids I laughed at who will go into college, they're coming back. I'm 22 years old working in Red Lobster and I'm serving them shrimp and I'm embarrassed. I realized maybe I'm not as smart as I thought I was. Um, I'll go on and sell a couple of hats on a corner because I just love the lifestyle of making clothes for people. And I started to do something I loved. But FUBU, I opened up at 89, and I closed it three times from 89 to 92 because I ran out of capital. I finally got public recognition by 96. Didn't have any financial intelligence. When I went out to go and get loans from the bank, I got turned down by 27 banks. Then I would turn my house into a factory. (laughs) I would spend all the money that I did to turn my house into a factory because I didn't have financial intelligence again. I was paying for raw goods 90 days ahead of time. I was paying for staff and salaries uh, and uh, shipping, and I was giving my accounts 30, 60, 90 days credit like I'm a bank. So before you know it, I was about to lose the house. Um, you know, and then, then I started Google, a bunch of ups and downs, went through my first marriage and got a divorce because like many of us workaholics, I didn't value uh, the family that I had and I put work first when isn't the reason I'm working to to uh, love my family, um, and you know, and then FUBU would go down, and I would fail at four or five month, other brands. I'd finally come up with another brand, and you know, and a whole bunch of ups and downs all in between there, from health to personal relationships. But at the end of the day, um, you know, uh, you know, you can't be anybody else because everybody else is taken. And I and I knew that at the end of the day, I wanted to be able to make my mother proud. I didn't want to end up in jail. I wanted to make a change for other people. And I um I just keep pushing through. Fantastic. Well, if I can go personal here for a second, I, I just because we talk a lot about the backstory, we talk about being in the shits, and we talk about I talk quite openly and publicly uh, about turning shit into gold. And so, you know, in terms of your gumption, your grit, and you know all those things that you just cited and rhymed off for us, Damon, which I appreciate you being raw and authentic and, and candid about that, because a lot of people hide behind the failure. A lot of people see that as embarrassment. A lot of people see that as oh god, I don't want people to know that about me or to think that I was, you know, that short-sighted once upon a time. However, um, you know, I think it's important, you know, we, we know your circumstances surrounding your mom and you wanted to make your mom proud because, of course, you, you've identified your mom has made a lot of sacrifices for you in order for you to have whatever you could have in terms of the best uh, start and the best footing possible in light of other things having gone awry. Now, knowing what happened with your dad, was there a part of you, maybe even subconsciously, where you thought, okay, well, maybe that mark that was left on my indelible soul is kind of the birthing of the mark and the footprint and the imprint I wish to now leave on the rest of the world and prove something, if not to the rest of the world, myself, but to my dad? Um, 
Yes and no. So, um, I, you know, I, I, you know, the good thing about being an author is when you write, you know, when I wrote my first book, and if you're ever talking about your personal life, you can't just breeze over it. Like, yeah, my dad left, and cool, you know, because the writer's right. going to say, well, how do you feel? Exactly. What happened? And, you know, you're going to have to get in touch with your feelings about it. Now, I, you know, my father, a hardworking uh, Trinidadian man who, you know, in the culture of you know, Trinidadians, most of my family members and a lot of people become engineers and people heavy in mathematics. I'm pretty good in mathematics. And I think that, um, number one, I would have been in a career like many of us that my parents wanted me to be in, um, and I wouldn't have had that liberty. I also wouldn't have become the man of the house at such an early age. And, uh, you know, life happens, right? You know, people do grow apart from each other and things happen um Mm -hmm. but i couldn't let that be a burden in my life i couldn't let that i couldn't let that hold me down and i didn't want to go necessarily prove uh me right to him i wanted to prove to my mother that her sacrifices to raise me as a young man would pay off because uh you know as being a parent we start to see all the sacrifices that we do and i wanted to make Mm -hmm. sure that and my mother worked too hard, to, and I and I wanted to make sure that the love that she showed me, I was able to make sure that you know when she got to a certain age that she can just relax. She put her time in. So I think that it's a little bit of the dad thing, but it's more about I became the man of the house and I took the responsibility that I felt I needed to take. Beautiful. Beautiful. I appreciate that. So as much as I, I want to talk a little bit about Rise and Grind, we did talk a little bit more at the top of the hour here. Um, and, you know, I want you to have the opportunity here, Damon, to plug where specifically can people get your book again and everything else, all your books and materials? Sure. Yeah. Um, you know, you can follow me on uh, on any of the social media platforms. I'm uh, at the Shark Damon. My name is spelled like Damon uh, Raymond, but with a D. But right. of course, my book you can you can get it on Audible. You can get it on um, you know um, all the you know Barnes and Nobles and Amazons of the world. Uh, um, I do have a Rise of Grind podcast that uh, is out and. Um, yeah, you can get any of my materials at any of those places, of course, and then, you know, you can just catch me on Shark Tank, of course, and uh, mm-hmm. any other places so that I'm trying to give as much free information out as I can. Fantastic. Well, and the thing is, too, even though Rise and Grind is your more recent book, and I want to thank you for the personally inscribed copy that I received in New York when I saw you at the C-Suite Network Thought Summit that was very mm-hmm. touched by that. Uh, but I also want to talk about the power of broke because I think that's a very important message as well. And you talk about your five five essential core secret ingredients that everybody must embody if they're going to take things, the trajectory of their life to that next level. So can you maybe break some of that down again, knowing that we're cognizant of time and you've got to wrap up here shortly, but maybe you're talking about my shark points. Yeah. Yeah, sure. So the power broke is my book prior to this. And it was really that, you know, this whole theory of you need money to make money is a bunch of crap because over 65% of the uh, uh, Inc. or Forbes 1000 wealthiest people are self-made men and women. That means they all were broke. And uh, what I put together is what I call my shark points. And uh, every time I've succeeded, every one of those points were somehow activated. And every time I failed, one or two or more of those points are missing. So I just basically call them the fundamentals for long-lasting uh, results. And is, number one is uh, S. It, it means you have to set a goal. If you don't, you can't hit a target that you can't visualize, right? Um, and, and and people don't realize if they don't are, if they're not in conscious, uh, you know, they're not in control of the goals they're setting, then we let other people set goals for us. Mm-hmm. That we can't do this. We can't do that. You're going to embarrass yourself. You're going to embarrass us. Uh, number two is homework. 
today yes. with the way analytics are, it's amazing how much is there. And don't go out thinking that this hasn't been done. Any industry you're at, you can do your research. There's been a million people who thrived in it and 20 million people who've died in it. Um, and people think that they're going to always have a new product or a new thing that hasn't been done. There is nothing new. It's just a new form of delivery, a new customer base, you know, a way to make it lighter, faster, or stronger. So do your homework. Do your research. Don't get too emotionally involved in what you're doing where you don't want to look at the numbers. Mm-hmm. You know, um, the next one is a more it's love. You got to love what you're doing. Like I said, I started the first couple of businesses. I failed at them because I just wanted to make money and I would be bored of the business in six months, two years. And if I didn't make any money, I'd spend it right away because all I was trying to do was make the money. You know, you have to really be fortunate and love what you do. Now, Rea- reality is you got to keep your day job too because you got to keep the lights on too. You can love all you want and all that warm and fuzzy stuff sounds nice, but you got to pay the bills. So, you know, you got you to gotta find a way to pay the bills too. I worked at Red Lobster for five years while I started FUBU. And I just had to sacrifice various other things in my life. No more hanging out, no more this and that. But you know what? If I didn't work at Red Lobster for five years, while that helped give me a salary, pay for my med- – you know, I had medical uh, – I had uh, coverage. Um, I was utilizing some of the people that worked there to help me with stuff. If I didn't do that, I would have had to do $2 million in FUBU just to bring the same $150,000 I made over the course of five years in Red Lobster. So, you know, love what you do, but be realistic about it. Um, uh, my for- fourth point is R. You've got to remember you're personally the brand. You and I touched on it several times. People are investing in you. I always ask people, can they go out and put themselves personally in two to five words? Mm-hmm. Can you describe yourself in two to five words? Because when you walk in the room, if you don't know what your two to five words are that you stand for, then you leave it up to other people to interpret. And why is two to five words more than now than ever before? Because people think due diligence starts after I make an agreement with you and you send over the paperwork. No, no, no. Due diligence right. starts once I pick up my phone and I Google you. Mm. So if you're, trying to, if you're trying to have this great company, this great idea, well, let me ask you something. Would you bring your friend over my house for dinner and I'm going to be, I'm interviewing you for a job or I'm interviewing you to uh, give you an investment. Would you bring your friend over my house if they were a racist, misogynistic pig? Well, if you're taking a bunch of pictures and tweeting with them, I'm checking out your friends too. Right. And I think you think just like them. Right. Right. So, you know, you got to be careful. You got to be careful about that. And the last thing is like I, like when you and I just talked about it, you, got, you just got to keep swimming. You, you're going to get the door slammed in your face like I did ever since I was a kid coming up. And even today, you know, being on Shark Tank's great. Anybody will pick up my phone call once. But if I don't deliver, they're not picking it up again. Right. right? And, you, and you're going to get door slammed in your face. But if everybody knew so much and all your friends knew what you should do, then they wouldn't be right next to you. You know, if you're not successful where you want to be. So surround yourself with like-minded people and mentors and understand you're going to keep getting the door slammed in your face. I saw an interview with Mark Zuckerberg and um, President Obama, and Mark's doing pretty good these days. Good, uh, good. He said he still hears, he still, he still hears no. Mm-hmm. He still hears he can't do and be even better. So Mark Zuckerberg's going to hear it. Trust me, you and I are going to hear it too. Absolutely. 
Absolutely. Well, and, and on that note, too, because I've posted something, I think he's doing a phenomenal job. And, uh, you know, I just think people have to be a little bit more tapped into the reality of the world that we're living in as far as technology Absolutely. goes. And for any, You know, people are just so naive, but everyone's always looking to pass the buck. But if you don't understand, you know, before you sign up for the terms of agreement, I'm sorry, that's on you. That's not on Mark Zuckerberg. 100%. I, I, I could go on about that. I, I get irate for him. <laughs> I, I do. I really feel for the guy, and I think he's handling everything like a class act. Um, but anyway, so I, I just want to say, you know, I, I'm super jazzed once again for this opportunity because, again, this has been something that's been in the works for me, uh, something that I've been setting my intentions on, something I've taken massive action in which to get to this point where I could bring you on to radio and and introduce you and share you with my my loyal listeners and it's been such a treat I think again you're a fantastic person um, and I just I, I think the world of you so you keep doing what you're Thank doing you, you so keep much. shining and uh, you know if there's if there's any last minute thing that you would wish to impart to the listening audience before you have to kind of say cheerio here uh, Damon that would be greatly appreciated. Yeah, the only thing is exactly what we opened up on. I think that it was the first thing to talk about because it's the most important part. You know, um, you you just got to really, you know, entrepreneurs don't take care of themselves. They they take care of everybody else. Um, they say they'll get to, uh, you know, that later or whatever the case is. The two most important things in, in, you know, in the world are, you know, you have to take care of your health because we need you around. And, uh, you know, it's, it's something that's very delicate. And the number two is, Make you make sure you love that family of yours. You know, we 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 you know we see our husband, our wives, and our kids so often that we may not take the time that we need to spend being there. And then we're so busy sitting next to a bunch of strangers every single day, and we don't uh, show that love and that value. And at the end of the day, that's what you're working for, right? And uh, as I shared with you, I lost my first. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. wife, uh, you know, my marriage because I was working so hard and, uh, you know, and a lot of people listening are doing the same thing when that's, you know, and I don't want to be this again, you know, warm, fuzzy guy, but I'm telling you right now, as I get older in life and I see more of what success really is, those are the most important things that, that are success, your health and your, your family. And of course, faith plays a big role in both of those. Absolutely. Well, fantastic. And again, Damon, I just want to say thank you very much. I wish you all my continued success. Uh, you know, not that you need that from me. You're going to you're going to fly anyway. You always do. Uh, but I just want to say you're welcome to come back here anytime in the future for anything else that's upcoming, because, of course, for somebody at your caliber, somebody who's always executing, somebody who's a visionary, there's always going to be things in the tank. There's always going to be announcements. There's always going to be new initiatives being spearheaded on your part. So if you ever wish to come back to Living Fearlessly with Lisa McDonald and share all that great stuff and addition to everything else that's going on for you, you're always more than welcome. You have an open standing invitation here on my program. Well, thank you. I've thoroughly enjoyed it and really great questions. I, I haven't been asked some of them, so I definitely appreciate it when somebody else can make me, uh, you know, think a little bit harder. So I really appreciate it. Well, thank you, Damon, and uh, all my best. You take care, and we'll talk soon. To my loyal listeners, I want to thank you once again for taking time to tuning in to Living Fearlessly here with Lisa McDonald. I go live, as you know, every Friday at 8 a.m. Pacific, 10 Central, 11 Eastern. If you have any show ideas or you wish to appear as a prospective guest on my show, kindly reach out to me at... Lisa at livingfearlesslywithlisa.com or livingfearlesslywithlisa.com. I also want to say, I normally do this at the top of the hour, but again, being uh, concerned uh, about Damon's time, I'm reserving this to the end of the show. Uh, I do want to thank once again my family and my friends over at C-Suite Radio Network, where of course, following the live show, you can see and hear, uh, download, share, 
the interview of each guest who I showcase on a weekly basis on my host page. Again, also living fearlessly with Lisa McDonald. I want to thank my corporate sponsors, Halt and Honda, as well as Forever, Forever Living. Uh, I want to thank you again as a loyalist. We know how busy time is. There's thousands and millions of podcasts out there. But the fact that you continue to tune into my show and to hear the content that myself and my guest of each week brings to you and the testimonials and the feedback that we continue to receive from you. I can't thank you enough for the outpouring of love and support and the endorsements. So I want to say have a fantastic weekend. I uplift you to fear less and to live more. Love and gratitude to all of you. Take care and all my best. Bye-bye. Hey, this is Al Cole from CBS Radio thanking you once again for taking time out of your hectic schedules to tune in to another fantastic weekly episode of Living Fearlessly with Lisa McDonald. Another shout out of wholehearted gratitude to Living Fearlessly with Lisa McDonald's corporate sponsors, Halton Honda, Forever, and Aha That. Your reviews, clicks, shares, downloads, feedback, and testimonials are always appreciated. Lisa's purpose and mission is to uplift you to fearless and to live more. To appear as a prospective guest on Living Fearlessly with Lisa McDonald or to connect with Lisa regarding her suite of products and services, you can reach Lisa at livingfearlesslywithlisa.com. And until next week, our fearless friends, this is Al Cole from CBS Radio telling you to be your own hero. Be your own hero, be your own leader, and be your own best friend. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.